0: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Kyrie Thompson back with you for first in Foxborough for the first time in about two weeks or so. I was taking a little vacation taking a break from podcasting and writing, trying to get away from it all. Hope I didn't miss anything too important. I know that I did because I'm on Twitter all the time. Too much, as most of you probably know. So I know about Bill O'Brien being hired as the Patriots offensive coordinator. No surprise to anybody. We kind of knew that was coming. But it's a good move for the New England Patriots. It's what they want. It's what fits what their desires are to get back to doing what they do well and having somebody competent lead them there so looking forward to seeing how that all plays out we'll get into that a little bit later on but i want to talk about what went on with the NFL's championship weekend talk about the super bowl we've got our super bowl matchup kansas city chiefs versus the philadelphia eagles the number one seeds in their respective conferences Not the most exciting of championship weekends, if we're going to be honest. It was a beat down pretty much from Jump Street over there with the Eagles and the 49ers. I mean, it took a while for the score to get run up. But I mean, the 49ers were just plagued by quarterback injuries. You know, Brock Purdy injuring his UCL and just not being able to throw the football. Josh Johnson coming in and then getting a concussion. And being forced from that game is just an absolute mess for the 49ers. You hate to see them end their season that way, but it is what is what it is. If, if they had had a fully functioning quarterback, it would have been an interesting game, but they did not. And the Eagles were able to pull away late, despite Jalen Hurts not really having the best game as a passer, definitely seemed a bit flummoxed by just, I mean, the best defense in the league, really, the San Francisco 49ers. So it's understandable. Uh, but they make it to the next round, and we're gonna get a chance to see if Jalen Hurts can uh break that little little uh you know spell that's being held over everybody that running quarterbacks can't win the Super Bowl. You know, you have to be a you know perfect pocket passer who just stands in there and delivers it like Joe Burrow all the time. Uh I mean, that's always been a very ridiculous notion because we just haven't seen enough examples of those guys get a chance to have a team built around them. And what they do, it will be great to see if Jalen Hurts and just a really good top-to-bottom Eagles team can pull that off. On the other side, we're going to have the Kansas City Chiefs. I know a lot of people are upset, especially in these parts, about the way that that game against the Bengals went. Obviously, uh, Chiefs pull that out at the last minute on a game-winning field goal, 23-20. to Controversial play that got them into field goal range where Patrick Mahomes gets hit out of bounds and is awarded a 15-yard penalty for the late hit, puts them perfectly in field goal range. I don't know what to tell you guys. That was a penalty. You can't swallow that whistle. Anybody that says, oh, you can't call that in that situation, stop. Absolutely just stop. That's a moronic thing to say. The dude was clearly, clearly out of bounds. And I don't care about what was called or wasn't called in other, other playoff games or, or what have you. Look, I'm sorry. That's a penalty. And if it wasn't called at other times, that's because the refs didn't do their job in those other times. So you don't fault you know, the, the Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes and be like, oh, well, you didn't call it that one time. And you screwed up, so you can't call it now. Especially when it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, it's Patrick Mahomes. You hit him out of bounds, they're gonna call a penalty. Okay, so just just stop. Okay. Now you wanna have beef about some of the other penalties that were called, or some of the right the Kansas City Chiefs getting five downs on one of those possessions where the refs come in, try to blow the play dead, and the play happens on a third and nine, and then the Chiefs get a chance to run another play. And then not only is there a sack that gets overturned. I mean, they, they sack Mahomes, and then there's a holding penalty in the secondary, and it's like, oh my god, guys, like really it it, it felt like it was clearly biased toward the Chiefs. And I mean that the numbers don't lie. I mean, what the, the Chiefs only had um like three or it was like somewhere between like three to five penalties called them. I, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. I think it, I think it was three penalties though, and then The Bengals had nine penalties for 71 yards called against them. So yes, the penalty disparity is huge. And there were a couple where you could say, Hey, look, you know, why didn't they call holding on that, on that run? Though I've seen a number of very knowledgeable people who study offensive line play a lot, say those are not holding penalties because you don't call holding penalties like that on rip moves, which is something I'm going to have to look into because, Hey, I'm always trying to learn, but if they say it's not a holding penalty, then I'm going to listen to that because I, I think that that's something that we don't always take into account. Um, you know, one guy getting arm barred across the head as they're just kind of running towards the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's a different thing as opposed to somebody you to rip underneath you and your arm is just up higher because it is right. Um, and then also there's the fact that you could call holding on basically any play. Um, but look, still doesn't matter. Cause you can't hit Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Okay. You can't do it. Sorry. And I'm also sorry. Eli, Ho- Eli Apple was holding all over the place. That that was a thing. And I also don't want to hear it. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to hear this idea that, oh yeah, well the refs just completely gave the chiefs the game. The Bengals could have made it not matter. Okay. They had the ball two minutes left. Joe Burrow converted a third down like a third and 16. Or whatever it was they had the ball they had control they could have won that game and they didn't i'm look the bengal's did not deserve to win that game if they if they deserved it they would have won but they didn't play all that well okay joe burrow did not play that well and it wasn't all his fault the offensive line they were it was open season on him at certain points in that game especially in the beginning they could not block chris jones I mean, that that was that was really tough. But look, Joe Burrow, we've already established that he's the guy who can play around that. He's that mythical guy that elevates his team and is able to make all kinds of things work. He didn't play up to standard. It's okay to say that. And then, of course, you talk about the the punt that also helps set up that game-winning field goal. It's a terrible punt. It's right down the middle of the field. Okay. You go ahead and you angle that towards the sideline. You make them drive the length of the field, and you go to overtime, and that's it. But they didn't. I'm sorry. The the Bengals lost that game as well. Okay, so I I don't I don't want to hear this idea that like yeah I get it. Some of the calls were bad. Yeah, some of them were bad. But good teams find a way to play over that stuff, and the Bengals didn't do it. And I also do don't, don't think I don't see you all Patriots fans. I love you. But don't think I don't see that part of the reason you're mad about the Chiefs being in the postseason or in the Super Bowl specifically is that you don't want Patrick Mahomes to win another one because we can't have that feeling like, oh, yeah, people are going to keep talking about him in the same breath as Tom Brady. Look, we all know he's not where Tom Brady's at yet. Yeah, he's been in five conference championships. That's excellent. That's great but got a long way to go to win some Super Bowls. I mean, we can also just appreciate the fact that the guy is good and he did what he did in that game on one leg. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. It's okay to acknowledge that. And you know what? It's funny. It is funny that we are now here, that now we hate that the Chiefs are winning every single year and they're getting to the Super Bowl every single year. And oh, the refs got it out because they want the the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and you know the NFL's rigged because they want they want the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and blah 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 up in there. And I'm not saying that that's something that people felt about Tom Brady necessarily, because I feel like most people didn't want Tom Brady anywhere near the Super Bowl or Bill Belichick. And obviously, they got popped for a number of rules things. But I, I just do think it's interesting that now the, that Patriots fans have been outside the picture really for super bowl contention and now you see that that juggernaut that guy who feels inevitable in the afc championship every single year and now it's like oh we don't want that guy like we hate that guy get somebody else in there i want to see burrow i want to see well not not the bills you don't want to see the bills right but i want to see another team it's like it's how the turntables have um but you know what it is what it is You know, things ebb and flow in the NFL. Things change all the time. And that's just where we are right now. It would be great if the New England Patriots could get their act together enough to maybe challenge Patrick Mahomes for one of these AFC championships and get themselves back in the Super Bowl. And you know what? Maybe they've started to take the first couple of steps to getting towards meaningful playoff contention in getting Bill O'Brien back into the building getting a competent offensive mind in the room and he's already making positive impressions down at the shrine bowl. I shared a vi- I retweeted a video out there of Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien coaching the quarterbacks. And just the instruction that Bill O'Brien gives, the the coherence of the way that he speaks the language of the quarterback and the the way that he commands them to pay attention. I mean, it just it just feels like Night and day, from what I would see from the Patriots coaching staff in training camp under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Because I mean, partly Matt Patricia wasn't even with the quarterbacks, he was with the offensive line. And so he would he would leave seven on sevens and go to the offensive line, and then you you bring it back all together, and then Matt and then Matt Patricia is the guy talking to Mac Jones and calling the plays for the number one offense and what have you. And Joe Judge is just chilling in the back hanging with the rookies or what have you. And every once in a while you'd hear Joe Judge yelling or something like that, but I never saw anything amounting to just the the clear concision of what Bill O'Brien was telling these Shrine Bowl quarterbacks. I never saw anything like that from Joe Judge when I would watch those practices. And I feel like it showed. And obviously that Herald article came out last week, just dropping a bomb on that whole operation. And look, the thing is we, we knew I mean, I've seen people, oh, yeah, I don't trust anonymous sources or the Herald. We saw this. We saw it in person. Okay, we saw the dysfunction. We saw how ridiculous it all worked. What's not to believe? It's all right there in front of you. And and obviously, let's let's also talk about the fact that I trust the the journalists that put that out there, Andrew Callahan and Karen Garrigan. I see the people that they talk to, and that other people in in you know the Patriots media talk to. I can't tell you who all the sources are. Like, I mean, I didn't see uh, you know Andrew Callahan or, or Karen Garigan you know talking to any of those specific people when when it was going down. But I've seen Karen Garigan go walk up to you know George Payton, the GM of the Denver Broncos, and just like have a conversation. I've seen. Ivan Fears, you know, former Patriots running back coach, come up to her and treat her with, with love and respect. And, and, and they have a relationship. You think they're not talking to people who are meaningful? Come on now. It's real. It's real. And and again, even if you don't like the the semantics of it and oh, how many sources were there? Whatever, I'm sorry. It was all right there in front of you. All they're doing is putting a couple players' names, or maybe not even players' names, but, but nameless, faceless quotes to it from people on the team, around the team. Look, some of that stuff is clearly coming from people on the team, and one of them is definitely Kendrick Bourne and or Trent Brown, okay? I'm sorry. We know this. We know it. I mean, Kendrick Bourne was out there talking to the media, to us, so look. This is real stuff. We know it was dysfunctional. And we are now hopefully at a point where Bill O'Brien can come in and just immediately be like, look, you don't have to ask me to coach you harder. You don't have to ask me to give you the details of what I want done. I'm going to give you those naturally because that's what I do. I'm Bill O'Brien. I've been doing this for a long time. I have gotten playoff appearances out of randos like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Matt Schaub, right? I developed Deshaun Watson. He doesn't look so good now that he's not you know, running with me, is he? So I, I think that there's, a, there's an air of credibility about Bill O'Brien being in the room right now that you would hope carries over immediately, that we, that we notice immediately in spring practice. I think that we will be very interested to see that in person. But Bill O'Brien by himself is not going to make this operation suddenly you know, a top 10 offense. That's not going to happen. They also need personnel. They need better players. And one of those better players they could be targeting is down at the Shrine Bowl. Local product, Zay Flowers is out there turning heads and turning DBs around in circles. I mean, it is unfair for college defensive backs to have to try to cover that guy in one-on-one drills. Unless unless you're talking about, like, yeah, I'm an elite corner from, like, Bama or Georgia. Like, that's probably a match for him. But these other dudes down there at the Shrine Bowl, they're just like, yeah, trying to elevate your draft stock, They can't run with that man. I mean, he's wild. I think that he was being talked about as a, you know, second-round prospect or something like that. Maybe you go a little bit late. Because of his size. He's 5'9", 182. But, I mean... His speed—he's over here talking about. He told Evan Lazar that he is has been running in the low four threes. If he runs, a, a, you know, under four three five, that dude's going in the first round because everything else he does—it's not just some dude who's like, oh yeah, he's just fast. His route running is really strong. His just his short area quickness, his acceleration, the top end speed, the way that he moves is just so clinical. I love it. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. He tracks the ball well down the field. And as I talked about with Eric Galko on the last episode that I put out uh, before heading on vacay, Eric Galko of the East-West Shrine Bowl, he basically said, look, I mean, uh, uh, amid him giving the comps like, you know, discount like Jalen Waddle and stuff, he he brought up the fact that everybody – knew when they played Boston College this last year that Zay Flowers is like the be-all, end-all of what you have to stop. And Boston College would try to get him the ball every way possible. And that dude still got over a 1,000 yards and still balled out despite being the focal point of that offense. And despite playing with a bunch of quarterbacks who kind of suck. So Zay Flowers, he's real. And the other thing is, There is precedent for first-round receivers being that size. I mean, Chris Olave went, what'd he go, 11th overall last year? He's not big. He's not a big guy at all. And so, and then Jahan Dotson, this is an interesting case, right? So if you're looking at where the Patriots are, number 14 overall. Jahan Dotson went to the Washington Commanders last year at number 16 overall, 5'11", 183 pounds. So a little shorter than Zay, but around the same kind of weight, same sort of frame. So I think that it's it's reasonable to think he could go number 14 overall. I don't know that I would do that, especially if you're going to have tackle prospects available. Um, Peter Skoronsky is not my favorite guy. Uh, Peter Skoranski from, from Northwestern. But if he's available at 14, I think that's a strong pick. If you have Roderick Jones from Georgia, he's a little bit more toolsy, so he might go earlier. But if he were to make it because teams are kind of eh, on his experience, kind of only having one year as a, as a starter, then I would probably do that, too. But if the Patriots wanted to do what they always do, get a little trade down action, you know, trade down a couple of spots and collect an extra pick later on and then say you're at 18 to 20 or like 18 to 22. I don't know, Zay Flowers' pick might be looking pretty good right about there. I think that what he's been doing in front of them, he's he's going to be on their board. He is going to be on their radar for the kind of guy that they want. They, they selected him to be on the West squad with them so that they could get this look. So I think that Zay Flowers is going to be on their short list of prospects that they are going to be looking at in the first round. And if he were to ever make it into the second round then they're trading up for him. I mean, they did it for Tyquan last year, and, and Zay Flowers is better than Tyquan Thornton. So I am fascinated to see what ends up happening with Zay Flowers. Would love to see him with the New England Patriots. I will be back with more throughout the week, and you know, as we get ready for the Super Bowl, as we get ready for you know, the Shrine Bowl games, the Senior Bowl game, the draft process, I'm back. We are going to do this. We're going to do this at least three times a week. I'm Kyrie Thompson. You're listening to First and Fox Pro. Make sure you download, subscribe, listen on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Peace out.